Hey, good morning, Rabbi. Good morning, Father. Let me ask you a question, buddy. Did you back in the day ever watch The Price is Right? Uh, I watched it uh, almost, uh, almost dare I say, religiously. Oh my gosh! Oh, that's so cool. I remember when moving to Los Angeles, um, the first thing I one of the first things I noticed was these lines that would be outside the studio. And I think was that CBS? Yeah, the CBS studio. And these are all the people waiting in line for Prices Right. And uh, and so now you and I have the fortune of having uh, Todd Newton on the show who is the guy who does the live show around the whole country, but also was mentored by Bob Barker. And then he mm-hmm. has recently won an Emmy for his other game show host he's done. He did, you know, No Whammy, uh, whatever that show was. Uh, no Whammy, No Whammy, No Whammy, No Whammy. Uh, so he's done a bunch of different game shows. He and I host together at Home Shopping Network. So why would we want to bring him on this podcast though, Rabbi? You know, because I think I think I think Todd does the the same type of stuff in some certain way as we do in terms of trying to be present and uh, you know inspire and galvanize support and you know um, put forth the message. So we're going to try to learn, and also what he does is he's been in the industry long enough where he's gone from old school to new school. He's been there for with Bob Barker, and now he's been there with all these new kids on the block who have tattoos and weird hair. Hair. So he's been through it all. And I think clergy and the church and the temple, religion is in the same boat, definitely in America. How do you move with the times and the modern times without throwing the baby, without throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Is that the saying, Evan? Okay. Uh, and, and so how do we do, we're always constantly doing that because we don't want to give into culture, but also we want to be not completely outdated and losing the mission field. So uh, that's, a, that's our conversation today. How do we honor it? So check it out. Let's get ready to rumble. Subscribe to this podcast. If you don't, well, I'm not sure Rabbi is going to forgive you of your sins, but actually that's what we do as Christians. So, but Rabbi might do something else that's not fun. All right, y'all, let's get ready to rumble for this episode of A Priest and Rabbi with Todd Newton, Emmy Award-winning host. A priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi, a priest, a rabbi. The opinions you hear from on this show do not represent WSTU, since they probably regretted over allowing the show on the air in the first place. Nor do they represent Temple Bay Hayam or St. Mary's Episcopal Church, since they also wonder what the heck they did when they called these two men to lead their respective congregations. On that note, sit back, relax, Grab your Bible or Torah and enjoy another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. What is up, everybody? Good morning and welcome to A Priest and a Rabbi. This is Father Christian at St. Mary's Episcopal Church in Steward, Florida. Next to me is the best-looking rabbi this side of the Jordan River. It is Matthew Rabbi, Rabbi Matthew Durbin from Temple Beth Chayam. And I don't know if you all know this, if you're tuning in from here in Stewart, Florida, or from around these areas, because I think this radio signal reaches all the way to Madagascar or something, um, or just Martin County. 
But Rabbi Durbin is going to be making his grand introduction at St. Mary's Episcopal Church. He's going to be preaching and teaching the word. He's going to do an altar call if you want to come to Judaism. He is going to be at our services at 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock. So uh, when's the last time you heard a rabbi preach inside of a church? This is the weekend you can do it. Rabbi Durbin, are you so fearful that these Christians are just going to come out and be like, ah, we're going to try to convert you? Yeah, yes, every day. <laughs> no, I'm real excited. I'm real excited. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm super pumped to be able to, you know, address your community. And, you know, I know that we have a great relationship just both professionally and um, obviously personally. And, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, okay, well, awesome. you know that uh, as, from a Episcopalian standpoint, we all get 10% of your tithe if you end up converting to Christianity. So what is the bet if when I go to appreciate your place and I convert back to Judaism? I'm saying like, you know, so if I if I relax onto the actual religion that Jesus practiced and I be and I and I say and I want to be a Jewish rabbi, it, it, are there any bounties in our head? We'll have to take that as it comes. This is becoming blasphemous to you. I can I can sense it. I'm the one who's going off <laughs> off the kilter here. A religion, uh, as leaders in a religion, we're always doing this dance about the old sacred stuff, the good old old school, versus the reality, though, that you live in a new school environment, that things are always changing in our context and our culture. You, you all see that you have to, the, the, the reality is 2021, we live in a digital world. But how do you keep the, the sacred stuff of the old school that's so important to us, especially in Judaism? which is uh, just a couple years older than Christianity. And then with the Episcopal Church, which is an historical church, uh, we, we can't talk, talk about this just on our own. We need to bring in a big gun. We need to bring in a guy who has seen an industry and has been in the position of like the priest in his industry of having to lead people through experiences of joy and goodness and euphoria. And he is the leader and the captain, but he's done this now because he's been in the business for a couple of years now. Uh, and he's known how to go with the flow, but how to also be grounded in the history, but also open to the future. If you've all watched E! and been on the red carpet, if you've all ever watched The Price is Right, the, the live show, if you've ever watched the Emmys and seen who won the Emmy for Best Game Show host, it was Todd Newton. And so Todd Newton is here. We pulled some strings. We got a budget together. We flew him in on Zoom Airlines. Uh, buddy... Welcome to a priest and a rabbi. Is this the last thing you thought you would be on on a, on a Friday morning? Gentlemen, it is such a thrill and an honor to be in both of your presences. This, this is, uh, it's really something. And, and Christian, as you were talking there, I, I was reminded of a review that the Price is Right stage show received one time. And I think if I share this review, it will, uh, it will allow me to, to, to kind of, come up to the level that you two have established here one time the show was 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 called part game show part rock concert part old time baptist revival and i like to think that maybe i brought the old time baptist revival part to that we you know when, when you give away a new car there are a certain amount of hallelujahs that are thrown out from the audience so uh, you're talking about your your uh, your presentations and preaching at each other's houses of worship. So, uh, although I've never been behind the pulpit, I can certainly know uh, what it's like to have people smiling from the pews, if you will. So it's great to be here. 
Well, I mean, I remember you and I, so it's the uh, truth be told, Todd and I know each other because we both were hosts on Home Shopping Network, uh, Evan Nine, in, insert laugh track now. And, uh, but, but it's, uh, but during that time, um, I, I, re I remember uh, you saying that like, um, there, there was a time when, when, okay, you said that you, you do have a Baptist background, right? Isn't there a time in your life? Okay. There and, was a significant time in my life. I was, I was born and raised in the Baptist church. Yeah. Concord Baptist church. I grew up in St. Louis. My mom still sings in the choir. My father, Oh my was gosh. The, my father was the athletic director and um, yeah, up until I was 17, 18 years old. Yeah. It was choir on Wednesday nights and Sunday school and the service on Sundays and, you know, every head bowed, every eyes closed, the whole razzle dazzle, man. Uh, has that informed your work as a host? Yes. Well, I, I've always been captivated, and I don't use that term loosely. I've always been captivated by powerful presenters, powerful speakers, uh, people that can take an audience or a congregation to a certain place. And it's a, it's a skill set, as both of you know. And I, I don't think it's something that uh, that one can learn to a real effective degree. You can certainly learn the basics of, you know, how to utilize every inch of a stage and, and how to enunciate and pronunciate and, and use tonality and, and uh, articulation to, to make a message more powerful, which obviously the two of you have mastered. But there's a certain part, there's a certain part of show business involved with any kind of presentation. If you're on an elevated platform, a stage, whether it be three inches off the ground, six feet off the ground, there's a certain amount of show business that comes with it. And people that are watching and observing and expecting you to move them in some way or entertain or inform or inspire them in some way, they expect that they expect that degree of theatrics uh, to be there. And, 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 and I remember at, at HSN, you said, you're like, listen, guys, I come from a world where I'm giving away thousands of dollars. I'm giving away cars. Like, you know, you're just like, and then we're like, now go sell a mattress. You're like, I'm used to giving money away, not asking for people's money. Um, right. But it's, you're right. The similarities though, between that and what Rabbi Durbin and I do. I mean, I think that's a big reason why we wanted to bring you on the show. You also get this, this part of, you have seen the game show world come from a, 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 a place where, well, tell us, like, do we the, the go from Bob Barker to now uh, a, a guy like you who you're a really good hybrid of all the stuff but now you got some hosts who are like 20 years old razzle dazzle like tell us about this journey that you've you've experienced yourself and how you've stayed relevant well yes uh the game show world has has gone from black and white to technicolor 1080 hp uh seemingly overnight uh i was always enthralled with with people on television who were entertaining millions of people just by being themselves, whether it be Johnny Carson or Bob Barker, uh, all the way back to Steve Allen and Jack Benny, quite frankly. Um, I've never acted. I, I can't act at all. I'm, I'm horrible at it. I know my strengths, but I also know my weaknesses and, and acting is a major weakness. So when I went on television the first time, I wasn't aware of the term host. I just knew that I was going to try to be a slightly exaggerated version of myself. Uh, so I started in radio 
and then eventually crossed over to local television back in my hometown of St. Louis. Uh, but to, to your question, game shows went from being straight question and answer, maybe a little trivia, uh, you know, a couple of, of, of housewives from middle America playing for a set of golf clubs for their husbands to these theatrical events that we see on television now with lights and lasers and bells and whistles and game shows have diluted the term a million dollars a million dollars used to be a, a game changer to people now we've all heard it so much on television like a million dollars you've got you've got eight-year-old kids going well after taxes that's really <laughs> you know what I mean? so it's like but uh, but yeah, the traditional game show host, a, a gentleman with perfectly white teeth and, and a, a great quaff of hair in a finely tailored suit, um, that's really changed. I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm you know, I've been collecting tattoos for 25 years. I'm, I'm covered. I've, I've, I've got color all over my body. So when I step on a stage, uh, whether it be on television or, or the live traveling show, the audience immediately senses something different. And, and my approach is more interactive. It's more uh, getting to know the contestant. I was very fortunate, Christian and Rabbi, uh, early on to be mentored by Bob Barker. We, I used to go to the Price is Right tapings three times a week. And after the show, he and I would, would go up on the stage together when the lights there in Studio 33 were down and we would work on blocking and and, and he would ask me questions and he would uh, poke and prod to try to get me to go a little deeper into the emotional side of mm. hosting. And, you know, emotion is, is, is what it's all about for all three of us. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's all about emotion. Right. Some of the greatest speakers and presenters have been televangelists and preachers. You know that, Rabbi. And Todd, just out of curiosity, you know, throughout your career so far, I mean, have you had to change your own persona? Have you had to adapt in ways towards, say, an audience to get them more engaged and gravitate more towards you as a host? Have you had to change your own who you are in order to accommodate? Uh, that's a great question. Yes and no. Um, the, 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 uh, the no part of the question is I have always... Uh, refused to change my, uh, to go against my instincts. And as Christian knows, that's very difficult in the world of Hollywood to not be influenced by people who think they know what's better for you. Um, I, I believe in my instincts. I tell my children now, trust your instincts. My daughter just got her driver's license the other day. And I told her, you know, when you're driving, Trust your instincts. If that light is yellow, trust your instincts and stop. We, you know, bad things happen in our lives when we go against our instincts. Our instincts are a culmination of all of the lessons learned, experienced, gathered. And, you know, when we when we throw those aside, we make mistakes and we look stupid and bad things happen. Um, yes, I have changed in the sense that I've allowed myself to evolve. I mean, I, I, I love my industry. I love my craft of being a television host, of being a podcaster, of being a content creator now. And so, of course, I follow those trends and I, I have to adjust accordingly. But when it comes to game shows, the one thing that I have not ever changed is the fact that I get to do this every night. You know, 
theoretically. I, I get to do this a lot, but for the contestant, it's a once in a lifetime experience. So this is for him or her. Maybe she needs this, this vacation. Maybe she's, she hasn't been on a plane in 15 years. We're, we're coming out of this pandemic now. When we give away trips, people are going to be salivating for those trips. So I want to make this about the contestant. Maybe $25,000, uh, if they win that sum of money, maybe it pays off their debts. Maybe it goes to putting a child through a community college for two years. Maybe it, 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 it gives them a down payment on a home. I don't know, but I ask questions and I find out. And when I find out, the audience finds out and we're all invested in this person winning. And instead of this just being a show where Ethel from Minnesota can win a trip to Vegas, now it's an event where Ethel can take this vacation that she so deserved because she's put everything else on the back burner for her family. And uh, now let's do it for her, you know? So uh, no, I will not conform to what someone who doesn't, care as much about what I do as I do wants me to do. But yes, I will certainly continuously seek out ways to get better for the audience. Yeah, that reminds me of, of Rabbi Durbin with his executive board, where they try to tell him, you cannot come to uh, the temple with your dyed purple hair. Um, and he, does, he likes to drop a lot of glitter during the service at the uh -huh. point where it's like God is with us. And he said, "These are this is this is who I am. This is who you brought in. Um, I'm bringing it to your church on Sunday." Yeah, yeah. So lots of sequence. Well, Chris, Christian has always said you can never go wrong with glitter. I never knew what he <laughs> meant by that, but now I fully understand. Yeah, yeah, I think that was on the back of my the shirts I used to sell at HSN. Um, but uh, okay, cool. So 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 Todd, we are. How have you been able though to that where you've seen this obviously. Game shows are so different today. Uh, the demographic, the outreach, the everything. And you really, you worked under Bob Barker. So how have you found this balance of meeting the needs of a, of a 21st century audience, but at the same time, not letting go of what is sacred, what is right in, in the industry. And, and you know where I'm going with this because this is where Rabbi and I want to glean off of, we're constantly seeking how do we as priests and rabbis we can't let go. There's there's some things within our religion that are so sacred and so reverent. They're so important. You don't just don't throw them out the window. But however, at the same time, we're moving into the future with God. Um, so we're always trying to find this balance. How have you done that without throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Well, first of all, you're ahead of the game because you're acknowledging both points. You're acknowledging that, yes, things are changing dramatically and seemingly overnight. Uh, you're also acknowledging that acknowledging the, the the value of tradition um you know and and the best way i can i can put it is when i look out into our audiences and i see and you know we've been very fortunate for the past 19 years to be touring the country with the prices right stage show and i've noticed over the past 19 years not only the gray appearing in my hair and you know the crow's feet which which i personally like i think it adds elegance to a game yeah, show. You look very, yeah, very don't, don't I look dapper and, and uh, yeah. But uh, I've also noticed uh, the demographic of our audience. And, um, you know, it used to be maybe 60, 40, the, uh, the older crowd. And then it became kind of 50, 50. And now I see a lot of, uh, you know, mom's night out 
folks, you know, this is a great outing for, for moms to kind of let dad watch the kids for a little bit while she goes out with her friends and tries to win, you know, at Plinko or tries to spin the big wheel. Um, I've noticed, you know, college kids, you know, grabbing a group of 20 and, and going out to the prices, right? So uh, everything is changing, but there's a part of me that says everything has always changed. I mean, you know, when, when my mom and when my mother swears that the Beatles are the greatest rock band in the history of music, um, I can see the the impact the Beatles had on music, but greatest is a big word, you know, so I can't jump on board with that. Yeah, you're uh, like Def Leppard, mom. It's Def Leppard. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I mean, there's a, a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of wiggle room here, you know, how, how are we going to define great? But I, I think the uh, the importance is to, if it's possible, to find that balance and walk that tightrope of, Carrying on tradition, because that's expected. That's the foundation. That's what everything else is built upon. You know, these, you look at Manhattan uh, as an example, you know, these, you, you see these classic old buildings right along Central Park West that have been there forever. Uh, but you also see these new structures going up. And regardless of what the architecture looks like, the base is always the same. It's always got to be a solid foundation of concrete and steel. Uh, otherwise, it can be the prettiest building in Times Square. It's going to crumble eventually. So the foundation has to be there. And I think that's where you guys come in. You guys have to provide that foundation. And if you have to dress it up a little bit, um, you know, to bring in the new folks or to, 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 to stimulate the, the minds of, of your current congregations because you know our tastes have changed people's attention spans have gotten shorter they're uh they're expecting more flash and 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 showmanship um but that's where you guys come in that's why you're the pros and and and, and john how do you how do you as 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 an artist because clearly you know the work that you do is artistry in and of itself how do you how do you tune out you know when you're not on stage and you're not on the camera you know, I mean, I, I get it with my own kids. You yeah. know, I'll, I'll talk something and my daughters will say, oh, here he goes again. Yeah. Dad's in his rabbi voice. I mean, how do you get out of your game show voice um, and, and really find time for yourself? It's um, it, it's amazing. You know, you, you mentioned you mentioned your kids and it's family for me. You know, when when I, it, it's it's a. I, I guess the best word is dichotomy. You know, it, it's it's night and day when I'm. I live for those 90 minutes on stage or for that time on camera, live for it. But when the camera goes off or the curtain comes down, I come home and I, I just want to be with my kids or I want to be, you know, we're, we're a big animal family. We have dogs and horses. And I, I, you know, here in Arizona, there are a few things that I enjoy more than uh, going outside at five o'clock in the morning while there's still stars in the sky and, and taking that horse out and just listening to the silence, you know, no. Wait, wait, wait. did you say taking the horse out? Yeah. Horses. I think he said horses. Yeah. Horse. Yeah. Well, well, I can only take one horse out at a time. Yeah. You have a horse farm. Well, not a farm, but yeah, we have, we have a horse or two. Yeah. I think rabbi we're in the wrong business. We, we gotta, we gotta go <laughs> do a game show, man. I want to do, I want to get some horses. You know, it's it's when when you when you're with a horse, um, there's such a connection there. 
you know, there's something, there's something about, uh, there's something about the way the just put a quarter in Todd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, and if uh, if you've got a, an engineer over there and they pull that quote, you can use that for any number of things. But uh, you know, <laughs> when uh, when you watch that sun come up on horseback, uh, or or you're just connecting, you know, with that animal, it's it's so. You know, for me, it's very, uh, it's almost like meditation. I don't meditate per se, but it, it is very, uh, it's it's very zen and very quiet. So I guess the key is just finding out the best way for you as an individual to tune out and get back to what's important to you. Well, I think that's, that's in that there is a connection with what you were saying before with, with what you're saying right now about this tuning out is we just finished Holy Week. We went into Easter in the church. And there is, if we don't provide permission or an opportunity for the congregation to come in and through the liturgy, define a state of peace and of quiet, because everything else is going crazy outside, especially when you get into Christmas. So the church, and I'm sure Rabbi does the same thing. We, we, we know the feeling. We know the feeling. <laughs> is how, how, how do you create this reverential, sacred place that doesn't have the big show? the big dance, the pizzazz, the, the digital stuff. Um, and I'm thinking at some point there is going to be a place where, where religion becomes the one place where you can find that sacredness where we don't want you on the phone. Uh, we don't want you busy because in order to find the sacred, in order to find the divine, it is that still small voice that's within inside your heart. And so, uh, so part of it is here's the dance again. We're going back to the old school, new school. These great cathedrals, I'll speak from a Christian perspective, are creating these huge open uh, uh, cavernous, but also like these Gothic cathedrals were like the presence of God. So you just get overwhelmed by his power, God's power, obviously beyond gender. And so you walk into the space, you could just listen and hear God. Uh, and so we have to trust our instincts um, as clergy members that sometimes we also don't have to be the innovators and be the new school. Uh, we can be countercultural uh, and um, because people will be seeking that and be hungry for that. It'd be like, oh, thank God I can go to temple, turn it all off, just be present with God and allow Rabbi's beautiful, handsome voice to wash over me. So I, I'm interested, I'm interested in... You, know, you are you don't even know how to respond <laughs> he takes he and takes sure compliments so well doesn't he he's <laughs> I'll, I'll come up with some rebuttal on sunday um you know you know for 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 say father anderson and myself right there are times that i'm sure christian we've both given sermons and we've led services and you know we leave with this moment of of exaltation you know i nailed it this was great this is expressive and then there, i'm sure there have been times throughout our careers where the message has been less impactful, right? Or maybe I didn't communicate as best I could. You know, Todd, have you ever had instances, like what leads to a good show for you? And what leads to something where you say at the end, lights go out, cameras off, and you go, you know, that just, I wasn't my best. Or, you know, the, the people to whom I'm, I'm, I'm communicating with weren't as expressive. You know, have you had moments like that? And how do you, how do you adapt to that as, as a host? Well, the answer is no. I've never had a less than perfect moment. I don't know what you're referring to. It's nice. Uh... <laughs> Heck yeah, that's what we like. When you trust those instincts, baby, you don't look backwards. Right, you only look forward. Right. You don't want to look back. You turn it to a pile of salt. That's right. Uh, 
You know, Rabbi, and it's funny because, uh, Rabbi, as you were asking that well-thought-out question, uh, Christian very well knew where I was going to go with my with my answer. Uh, look, <clears throat> there's an old saying, they can't all be gems. You know what I mean? Um, we are also our own worst critic. We know what we're expecting of ourselves when we step out onto any of our three stages. The audience does not. The audience does not know what you prepared for your sermon. The audience does not know uh, what I wanted to incorporate into a, a show or into a presentation. So first of all, there is no, there is no failure in what we do. There's only feedback. And I've always, I've always carried that with me. Uh, there's, there's always a way to make what we do better. And the important thing is to remember that the audience is the boss, period. The audience is the boss. If they didn't have a good time, that's when we didn't do our jobs. Now, I can't control what's going on in an audience member's life. I can't control if they're having a hard time at work. I can't control if their marriage isn't great. I can't control if their uh, toddlers were screaming around the house as they were trying to get out so they could get to the show on time. And now they're frazzled. I can't control any of that. I can only control what I do. And I don't think truthfully there's ever been a time where uh, and in television, we have the benefit of post-production. We can go in and fix things and polish things up and make even a mediocre presentation look spectacular. Live is a different story. There have been times when I've been sick. There have been times when an ankle has hurt. Uh, you know, there, um, you just have to, when you give it all you got and you pour your heart into it, and this goes for any of the three of us, there will be no disappointment if they if if your passion is recognized and if you're authentic which is the key word to anything we do if you're authentic they'll sense that and they'll connect with you and they'll they'll be they'll be there for the ride with you that's awesome so true so true all right we're going to chew on that and if you've just tuned in, we are with Todd Newton, um, Emmy Award winning game show host who's teaching this priest and a rabbi how to balance old school and new school how <laughs> we approach uh, formation and religion. We are going to be right back in just a couple of minutes and hear from our sponsors who allow us to fly in people like Todd Newton. And we'll be right back after this break. Hey everyone, it's Evan Nine, producer of A Priest and a Rabbi. Thank you for tuning in and being part of this community. 
We love developing new partnerships with this podcast to help further the interfaith movement. To join us, please email Father Christian at yourfavoritechristian at gmail.com. You can have an advertisement right here on this podcast, which is currently heard across the USA and in 34 other countries. Thanks for being here, and do not forget to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're listening from. Now back to A Priest and a Rabbi. Todd Newton, come on down. You are the next guest on A Priest and a Rabbi. Yay! How about that? Look at that. What our hey, what? The engineer on this show is just top-notch. I mean, Top-notch, sure. man. Top-notch. Todd, you have to, and I know you, we only got you for like another 10 minutes, but if you guys are just tuning in, welcome back to A Priest and a Rabbi. We have Todd Newton on here, Emmy Award-winning host. Uh, and can, can, can you just give us a glimpse now that we've played the music, mm-hmm. just, just like a, a 15 second promo on Price is Right or something. Just, just give us something to chew on here for, for, for the masses, for us plebeians. Sure, sure. Well, uh, Father Christian and, and Rabbi Matthew, the next item up for bids is this beautiful Paula Dean toaster oven. Toaster ovens replace all of your kitchen utensils and open up real estate on your counter space mozzarella sticks, fried shrimp, and toasted ravioli, all with just a snap of a fingers. All right, Father Christian, Rabbi Matthew, this toaster oven goes to the one of you who bids closest to the actual retail price without going over. Father uh, Father Christian, we'll start the bidding with you. What do you bid on this new Paula Deen toaster oven? That was magic. (laughs) That was magic. And of course... The most popular three words on television, which is not by a vowel. Actual retail price. <laughs> Love it. Pull out the card, and we've got a winner. We're off to the Oh, man, this is so cool. So great. So tell us, man. So uh, wh- wh- we were talking about how do you balance? You, you, you're a host. You've seen the movement and the change in the industry. Uh, you have survived and thrived in the, in the changes in the industry. Uh, and, and through this all, the, this priest and rabbi are learning also how do we as clergy members honor and work with just the movement of, let's say, religion being the man-made thing, but also honoring the sacredness of God who is beyond time. Um, what is your advice? You know, where's the hope of what, for, for this priest and rabbi of how to balance the the sacred historical aspect of our religion that has been creating these liturgies, these ancient liturgies that we feel like ground us in peace and, and sometimes quietness. Uh, but also now with the, the rambunctious movement and busyness and uh, uh, dynamic uh, digital world, uh, how do we do that without throwing away the, uh, that we feel like uh, a, a piece of honoring God? Well, you know, I, I write in my book, Life in the Bonus Round, about balance. Balance has always been what I've set out to, to, to achieve, balance, um, especially when my kids were younger. You know, first and foremost, I'm, I'm a dad, and I'm a son, and I'm a brother, and I'm a friend. Um, those are the roles that are most important to me. Everything else feeds into that. 
And I believe the same is true for the two of you. You have to find that balance. You absolutely have to respect the sanctity and the history and the tradition of what you do. But you also have to respect the best way to communicate with the mass population. Christian, you've done a fantastic job uh, with your YouTube channel. I just saw that, that you and your lovely wife reached 3 million views on YouTube. That's an incredible feat. It used to be, uh, you know, I, I mean, think about it. 3 million views, any television show would scream to have 3 million views. And now with our smartphones, we can, we can communicate to the world. I think more than being a challenge and an obstacle for the two of you, that's an avenue to broaden your reach. You're no longer speaking to the, just the people that have come to see you Sunday morning. You're now speaking to the entire world anytime you want. And I, I'm not a big social media guy. I, I'm very active on YouTube. But as far as the Instagram and the Facebook goes, I, I, I don't do it. And the reason I don't do it is because I don't want to be that open anymore. I don't want to be that exposed anymore. I, I enjoy, um, you know, coming. I, I, look, when I go on vacation, I don't need the world to know where I am or what I'm doing or what I'm having for lunch. That's for me. That's for me and my family, or that's for me and the person that I'm with. It's not for anyone else. But at the same time, when I want to entertain people or when I want to go out and um, just create an evening at the theater for people, then I'm all over the place. And, and then I really go full throttle. But Christian, I could ask you the same thing. I mean, when it, what approach do you and your wife take to gathering eyes and getting people to stay engaged with your YouTube channel? I mean, that, that's an incredible challenge. Yeah, I think it goes back to what you said previously, which was the audience is the boss. And so when I started that YouTube channel, it was a day in the life of a priest. So the first five episodes are maybe 10 is me sitting there trying to invite people into theological conversations and, uh, and what, what, what's the day in the life of a priest? It attracted like some church geeks and people like me. Uh, but then once I introduced my wife, well then, the, as you said, the audience is the boss. They were like, oh, this is cool. Oh, we like this. And that's where the algorithm said, give us more of this. And, there's this, and then they got interested in my wife is African. So we had this cultural mix. So then that invited a whole demographic. So it was this uh, just, stay we didn't we didn't it's not like i had to be inauthentic i just went with that flow because that was having the reach and i i'm now a priest in a family uh as opposed to i'm i'm, I'm a family guy who happens to be a priest as opposed to a priest who happens to have a family uh and so that has changed it but uh you're right there's there's listening i think as, as clergy rabbi and i have to see but did you did you not find um, somewhere along the along the way that okay well let's change the length of these videos or let's change our content because just as I can see things that guide my performances you can see all right well this video got twice as many views as this one or some of the comments you you were there was a certain degree of flexibility from video one to video. 50 or 100, wherever you are now. 
No, that's right. And, and because of technology too, we could just study all these analytics and be like, what are people responding to well? So that's helped. Um, but, and sometimes you do go to, you, you know, we, we, for us, you talk about sweet spots, right? Um, our sweet spot is definitely under 10 minutes. That's what we find it's great. And that's what our audience likes. And if you go to seven minutes, the comments are great. So like, we want more. And that's, as you know, Todd, that's what you right. want. You want people wanting more. So right. in our sermons, it's taught me, leave them wanting more. Why go having being like, gosh, will he just shut up? As yeah. opposed to, man, I wish you went longer. Uh, but Todd, I know that you are being a good family man and you got some things to take care of this morning. So I want to know, there's going to be people wanting more of you on this show. And how do they find more of you? If they can't go prices right, if they can't do that, where can they learn more of this great Toddisms that you've been talking well, about? The best, the best way to find me is, is the website. You know, I keep it, I keep it very simple, which is toddnewtononline.com. Toddnewtononline.com has links to my YouTube channel, which features interviews from my podcast, which is called the host with the most. And I say, that's where I speak one-on-one with fascinating people who are doing fascinating things. We have video highlights from all of those interviews on the YouTube channel and uh, as I mentioned before, you know, I've written a couple of books. I, I really enjoy writing. I find a lot of peace and a lot of solitude in the process of, of writing. It's very therapeutic for me. And the books have done well. Uh, Life in the Bonus Round is, is one. The other is called The Host with the Most, Tales of a Tattooed Television Personality. And uh, what I'm most proud of about those books, guys, is that 100% of the proceeds, every single penny, uh, goes right to the Michael J. Fox Foundation for Parkinson's disease research, which is a cause that is uh, very close to, to my family's heart. And uh, my father battles Parkinson's on a daily basis and, and has been for many years. And, and his spirit and his strength is such an inspiration to me and to, to my kids. Um, so, you know, we want to uh, we want to contribute to that as best we can. And um, I think people enjoy the books and uh, by ordering them, they're they're helping out a great organization. That, that's awesome. So go to toddnewtononline.com and just buy a bunch of books and buy early Christmas presents for everyone. That's Let's right. Let's HSN this. We'll actually give you flex pay uh, if you order more than 15 books. Todd Limited quantity. Limited. <laughs> we are down to the final 387,000 copies of this book. You must act now. <laughs> must act now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Todd. Thank you so much, man, for, for coming on the show and being here and, uh, and, and also helping us as a priest and a rabbi uh, look and honor and learn what to honor in our, in our journey um, as, as folks who oversee this historical movement of, of honoring God, but then also looking forward to the future of how do we do both. Um, and and there's one thing that I learned today was always more glitter. Yeah. Always more glitter. Yeah. Glitter, glitter always wins, gentlemen. Glitter always wins. And uh, it has been a pleasure to be here with you, Christian. I'm so proud and happy for you and your beautiful family. And uh, Rabbi Matthew, such a pleasure meeting you. And I wish you both the best. And I thank your listeners for spending a little time as we reminisce and, uh, and just do a little jaw jacking here, like uh, three <laughs> talented and handsome gentlemen. Jaw jacking. I can't wait to incorporate that today, everyone. When's the last time you jaw jacked? But uh, and if, all you right. need me, if you need me this afternoon, I'll be on horseback. Okay, we'll see you yeah. out there in the wild, wild west, brother. Go out there, keep on giving away thousands and millions of dollars and putting smiles on people's faces, brother. Thank you, fellas. I really appreciate it. All right, God bless you, man. Peace.
Rabbi Durbin, man. So what's your what's your biggest takeaway from having an Emmy Award uh, uh, Emmy winning host? Tell us, uh, give us some insight on on being clergy. Well, you know, I mean, it's interesting because I think I think you know uh, Todd's profession of what he has to do is very similar to what we have to do in terms of galvanizing an audience. I mean, you know, he can't go on stage and be uh, you know uh, monotone. I mean, he's got to exhibit energy and excitement and, you know, believe in what he's doing. Um, you know, the, the only question that I did have for Todd, which we did run out of time, is, you know, looking at the history of game show artistry and hosts, how has it changed in terms of being very frontal, being, you know, introduced, this, that, and the other, as opposed to bringing yourself into it, right? Um, and I think... Uh, you know, I did uh, the other night uh, watch a couple clips with Todd in it in terms of how expressive he is and what he brings to the game show, right? It's not the bug Barker calling you down. You've got your own history. You've got your own following. You've got your own fan club. You know, to be able to build something out of something that's already been successful. Um, so, right. yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been really interesting to hear Todd also in terms of how his career blossomed and, and, and what he brought to it. I love the fact that he used the term, which we use the term often in our professions and within our faith, of being authentic, being real, right? This is what you see. And I love the fact that, you know, for those that, that will, you know, hopefully will see the video, is that Todd was also very, you know, he's very expressive. Look at me, right? Tattooed everywhere. You know, that that's what you get. That's who he is. And I think to be real and to really be authentic without you know, putting aside your values or your ethics to really stand tall and say, this is what I have to offer. I think that's, at least for me, the takeaway is I am who I am. This is what you see. And to build on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I, I think for me that the trusting your instincts, I think sometimes is, I, I want to say definitely, but there's also a part of me too, that as a clergy Remember, you, you have to also, you have to trust your instincts, but you also have to have a governor. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can, all the time, I've learned to totally trust my instincts because my instincts before as an actor in Hollywood and just being a guy who's a single bachelor living a different life, uh, I have to think of when I, when I have an instinct, I kind of think like, okay, now how is that going to translate well for the church? So maybe I can trust it, but it's always through a different lens. And uh, so, so that one I'm playing with. So what does it really mean to trust my instincts? So yes, I definitely want to trust my instincts. I definitely want to trust myself. Uh, but I know that through deep prayer, let me put it this way. I know that the more that I deeply pray and give my life over to God, the more that I can trust my instincts because they're not my instincts, they're his instincts, God's instincts. Mm -hmm. Don't put it that way. Because I'm kind of a kook. And if I go with what I think, it might be self-motivated. It might, I have to make sure it's always for the right reasons. Right? So like we go back to the big show. I, you have a great idea uh, on Shabbat service or me, let's say you're like, we're going to do Shabbat at the beach. Or if I'm like, we're going to do a, something like a, a frozen series, a sermon series about frozen. Is it really for the goodness and greatness of God? Or is it because it's going to get a lot of people in the seats and people are going to think it's fun and exciting. Right. So there's this instinct to, uh, to entertain for me uh, and innovate, but I have to always make sure it's through the, through the lens. And I don't know if I think for you, you probably have a, you're, you're, I would trust your instincts better in that way than, than my own. <laughs> but, but, but it's interesting too what also Todd said in terms of knowing your audience. And I think you and I both experienced this in our professional life, 
is that if I'm going to give a sermon or I'm going to preach or I'm going to add more layers to my liturgy or to, you know, the worship or prayer experience, I need to be aware of my audience and to whom I am speaking to, right? If I went into this big, big thing about, you know, some political discourse, well, I know that I'm not going to reach the majority of my congregation because they want to be able to hear the message of, of God, of my tradition, of what can I do to make the world a better place? How can I be more kind? How can I, you know, those, those ethereal questions that we ask. They want to be free of, I don't want to hear politics. I don't want to hear these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think you have to know your audience as to what will be impactful, what will be meaningful, but again, also to know yourself. I, I think those, those really, when we unpack it, those have been, at least for me, the two big things from Todd is know your audience, and most importantly, be authentic and know yourself. Know yeah. what your own limitations are. That has taught me a lot this, this last couple of years is really know your congregation well and know your audience. And then also you can see with Todd, he loves his audience. He loves his job and he loves, you don't get to feel these like, oh gosh, you know, I got to deal with these, these, these silly patrons who come and they're just, he, he, you don't hear any sense of criticism. You just hear a, a sense of love for them. And I think it's so important for you and me that I've learned. You have mm-hmm. to remember when we had a guest on here, it was the guy who made the Hamilton video uh, that went viral. And it truly went viral. Uh, and he made this. So for all of you who, who weren't here on air, uh, this is at the beginning of the pandemic, there was a priest out in Virginia, maybe no, Georgia. Was Georgia. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he made a video that was uh, based on King George's song in Hamilton. Uh, and it was about uh, bringing people back to church. And it went viral. And he, the reason why he made it wasn't to be, to be innovative, wasn't to be funny, wasn't to just catch a bunch of views. The reason why he made it, because he missed and loved his congregation. It all came from a place of love. And because of that, that's why it took off. And so we always have to think about that in the church, in the temple. Are we doing it because of a love for our people and a love for God? Great. Go for it. But if there's other things getting in the way, our own pride, our own innov- our sense of innovation, let's just be cool, let's be culturally rich, um, it, it, it's bound to tank. Uh, or, or, you know, as we say in Christianity, you know, the, the devil start pop- start popping up. So uh, this is this is this is so let, let's get to the big big topic though, Rabbi Durbin. All right, for all of you who are listening right now, uh, Rabbi Durbin is showing up. He's doing what no other rabbi has done in Martin County. He is going to walk onto the grounds of an Episcopal church and preach the word this weekend. So Rabbi Durbin, you are coming over to St. Mary's Episcopal Church for the 9 a.m. contemporary service and the 11 a.m. traditional service. You're going to get a feeling of the sake of old school and new school. It, it, can you just be honest with us on air? I mean, no one's listening. Just, just tell me here. Is there nervousness at all walking into a fully Gentile context and being the only dude, only Jew in there. Just be real. I mean, and, and how can we best be, you know, we're going to be as spitable as we can, but, you know, it was a good- You know what, you know, and, and it's interesting, it's interesting you, you say, because a part of me says, I, I mean, I'm not nervous at all. I'm not anxious at all. I'm actually really excited. When, when, when I walk into a synagogue, right, there's a certain, you know, expectation of what people are going to ask, right? I walk into a different synagogue, what I do, who we are. I think what I, think I do. Level, I think the excitement level of walking into St. Mary's. I'm excited. I'm excited for the discourse. I'm excited for the you know for the questions. You know, Rabbi. You know, 
we do this. Is there any similarity to what we do? I'm He's so verklempt. He's verklempt, producer. Producer Evan, the, the, the rabbi is so taken. He is just frozen in time with this. Yeah, so I, I think, guys, it's it's going to be, if, if you don't know, now you know. And if you've ever had a seen a rabbi at a church, which is nothing you know, new. This has happened all over the place. Uh, we are going to bring in Rabbi Durham. It's the first time, though. Right. We've done 130 episodes. So, uh, producer Evan, how many episodes have we done so far? Where it's like 125, uh, 100, uh, 100. Okay, so done a, like around a, no 200, a thousand. Okay, so so our producer telling us we've done a thousand episodes, uh, and this is the first time now where we're doing a pulpit swap. So everyone. Please come check it out this weekend. Let's see what happens. And then the following Wednesday, Rabbi Durbin will then show up on a Wednesday and he's going to take questions. So if you have any questions about Judaism and you want an open platform, you've always, when you can ask the biggest questions, you can ask Rabbi Durbin, what do Jews think of Jesus? What do you guys think of the Messiah? Who is the Messiah? What is the Messiah coming? If you have these kind of questions, next Wednesday, this Wednesday will be the time for you to come to St. Mary's Episcopal Church, sit down with the rabbi, He's got thick skin. He's a teacher at heart, and he will answer those questions. I'll be there to facilitate. Um, and uh, just don't try to convert him to Christianity because he will eat you alive. He is, he is, he's, it's, it's happened. He's just, he knows how to make this happen. So, um, so just, 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 just for, for those that may be interested, because I know I've had a couple queries from my own members, because when you posted um, about St. Mary's, about me preaching on Sunday, uh, many of my members are interested is, will this be, uh, Facebook, will it be something on your church website? I mean, how, if, if members of my community or beyond would like to tap in, what, how, how can they best do that? Yes, that's a good question because people might be podcasting and listening to this in Angola because you and I are celebrities in Angola. I don't know if you knew this. So you can just go to the St. Mary's website and we live stream everything straight from our website. So St. Mary's hyphen stewart.org. We'll put this in the show notes or you can just go to the YouTube for St. Mary's Stewart, St. Mary's Stewart or the Facebook, which is St. Mary's dot Stewart. All those things, we live stream everything from there and you get to see the rabbi just doing what the rabbi does, changing lives and leading us to know what, what is right and what is good. Uh, rabbi, how much glitter will you use this weekend? Um, you know, look, with three daughters at home, uh, I could, uh, sky's the limit. Okay, good. Everyone, God bless you all. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of A Priest and a Rabbi. As you know, this is also podcasted. So if you're listening right now and you're like, wow, I didn't know this, but this existed. Don't you worry. Go online right now and just search A Priest and a Rabbi podcast. We're on every single plat uh, major podcast platform. If we're not on your podcast platform, then get a new one because we're only on the good ones. So go on there, subscribe and leave a comment, even if you think that we're completely ridiculous uh, and share it. Tell people about this podcast because it allows our community to grow. We love developing interfaith community here um, and exploring what the one and true God is saying to all of us. Uh, and doing this together, not separate. So uh, God bless you all. We'll see you next Friday here on A Priest and the Rabbi, uh, where Rabbi Durbin will be bringing in Tom Cruise uh, and finding out how Scientology is, uh, what Scientology can teach us about um, our faith. God bless you all. We'll see you next Friday at nine o'clock here on A Priest and the Rabbi. <laughs>